Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to this Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I'm talking with Halbert Spitzel, GSA Galileo Service Manager for Search and Rescue and Emergency, Emergency Warning. How are you doing, Helmut? Hi, Ronan. I'm doing fine. Thank That's you. Good. Thank you for having me here. No problem. Glad to have you. Now, before we start, tell us a bit about your background so you know who, who you are. So ever, ever since my earliest childhood, I've been fascinated by, by technology. It has always been a strong belief that technology can bring positive change to the world and have a global impact. I grew up in Vienna in the 1970s okay. at the time after the moon landings and before the first launch of the space shuttle. And I still remember very clearly when I was in kindergarten and a friend was playing with the space shuttle at a time when no one had a space shuttle and it was his dad who brought it from the U.S. and I, and I was playing with that. Uh, later, I chose physics, industrial yeah. engineering and space sciences as majors. Yeah. And I was keen to expand my horizon by studying abroad in Paris, Strasbourg and in Thailand. I also did research at NASA at the Japanese Space Agency and uh, in in the German Aerospace Center in Berlin. After my studies, I worked for IBM and Siemens before joining the Austrian Ministry to develop national space policy and also to deepen my cooperation or Austrian's cooperation with China. Yeah. In 2008, I was seconded to the European Commission in Brussels for four years to work on Galileo. I prepared strategic choices for the future exploitation of Galileo and helped setting up the European GNSS agency, the GSA, where I'm right now. Uh, The last seven years I spent in Beijing, where I worked as a diplomat, leading the science and technology section of the Austrian embassy, and as a senior director for the Volkswagen Group China. It it was a great honor to to prepare and participate in some of the important events, such as a state visit of the Austrian president with President Xi Jinping in the Great Hall of the People in Beijing. But driven by my passion for the EU and for space, I returned to Galileo, uh, to the GSA headquarters in Prague, where I'm right now, at the beginning of this year. Uh, so this is also where I'm currently working as Galileo service manager for search and rescue and emergency warning. What we do here is that based on user needs, uh, we manage future service evolutions and we manage the implementation of new services. Okay, now that's, that's, that's a very impressive CV. You've, done a lot, you've, you've covered a wide and varied area, you know, which, which is great, so a lot of experience there. Now tell me, what does the Galileo system actually consist of? Well, uh, satellite positioning has, has become a, a vital part of our everyday lives and uh, it's, it's used in key aspects and we use it in phones, in, in cars, planes, trains, ships and uh, myriads of other applications. So when we look at Galileo, basically we look at satellites that are flying in space. We are looking at 24 operational satellites and six in orbit spares. They're circling the Earth at 23,000 kilometers, supported by a range of terrestrial sensor stations and control centers around the world. So if we want to talk a little bit about the the satellites themselves, uh, we have have currently 22 operational satellites 
for navigation up in space. They typically have a lifetime of more than 12 years and a satellite mass of about 700 kilograms. They measure about uh, three by one by one meters with a wingspan of about uh, close to 20 meters. Um, we have uh, initial open and search and rescue services declared in 2016 and new services will be gradually being deployed. In 2020, we declared the search and rescue returning service and we are looking at more services to come in the future. And what services would those be? Well, uh, we are looking uh, at initial authentication and initial high crisis services. Yeah. So for, for those services, we really want to give the user uh, unique opportunities that no other uh, satellite navigation systems are currently delivering by enabling the user to authenticate his position and also by delivering um, higher accuracy than what is currently available. Yeah. And when we talk about search and rescue, does that mean like if, say, you're out on a mountain hiking and you get lost, is that kind of stuff you're talking about? Yes, precisely. So the uh, search and rescue service of Galileo links into the global COSPA-SASAT search and rescue system, and uh, all the Galileo satellites are equipped with this, uh, with this um, antennas, meaning that when you are out uh, in a remote area, when you're hiking or when you are uh, out on sea, you can have a personal locator transmitter beacon with you. And when you are in, in uh, distress, you'll activate that beacon and you send out a signal. So compared to the open service of Galileo, which is uh, working in a passive mode for the search and rescue, actually is your device sending out a signal that will be captured by the satellites. The satellites will triangulate you and find out where is your position and send that back to rescue coordination centers. And this all happens, uh, happens very fast. And what, what is the new part of this service that was just declared uh, at the beginning of this year is that we now have the opportunity to provide this, the user with the feedback that his distress signal was received. Yeah. So imagine if you're out there in the mountains, something is happening, uh, and you, you really cannot move any further. You really uh, need uh, some rescue, and you push that button. Um, previously, you would not have known if anything actually happened. Yeah. So you had just pushed the button. Now, actually, you will get a signal back into into your device with a, depending on the implementation with a light flashing up saying okay we got your message and i guess basically if we were to do this with a mobile phone you're going to be in a scenario where at times you've got no signal whereas this device correct. always has signal correct correct so yeah. uh, the difference of course with mobile phone is that when you are uh, looking at satellites satellites cover the the whole earth so if we look at the Galileo system with the 24 satellites in three planes orbiting the Earth, um, we especially have an advantage in the higher altitudes uh, over Europe, uh, where GPS usually has not as much coverage because of different planes. Yeah. Um, and uh, this means that wherever you are, if you are, especially if you're out um, uh, outside in 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 nature, you will always have a good view of the satellites, and so you can directly get your position and also send those distress signals. So in a way, it's a bit like having a satellite phone. 
it, you can compare it to a satellite phone, uh, although the, the difference is a satellite phone is for communication. It doesn't allow you the location. Yeah. Uh, with uh, with, with uh, GNSS, with satellite navigation, you get precise position information and also precise timing information. Yeah, but what I mean is with satellite phone, you're always in coverage area. That's what I mean. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So whenever you are uh, communicating or in, uh, using satellites, essentially you are... You don't need any terrestrial infrastructure. You can just go via the satellite. That's pretty good. And uh, how does how does Galileo enable uh, global positioning, navigation, timing, and search and rescue? Um, well, as as I said before, we have we have two services that we currently provide. So yeah. uh, one is the open service. Um, and one is the search and rescue service. For the open service, you can use it for positioning, navigation, and timing. So these are three distinct aspects. Positioning mean, meaning that um, using the principle of triangulation, uh, you can uh, define, you can find your position anywhere on the world. Uh, you will have to receive the, the signals from at least four different satellites yeah. in order to calculate your position. And you will also need to have very precise atomic clocks on the satellites. So we use uh, passive hydrogen maser and rubidium atomic clocks to generate those signals. And when you receive those signals and you, you um, calculate your position, you typically get an accuracy uh, less than a meter. This is uh, received and uh, this is this is achieved through receiving signals at two different frequencies. We are looking here at the frequency bands called E1 and E5, which actually allow the correction uh, of ionospheric atmospheric variations. If you look at the signals coming from space at 23,000 kilometers, when they hit the atmosphere, you can imagine through the clouds, there's some delay in, in the signal. So yeah. if you have one signal, uh, you don't actually know how much uh, that signal will be delayed in the, in the clouds. You can look at weather forecasts, there are certain models. But now if you use two different frequencies, and this is uh, unique to, to Galileo, yeah. you can actually uh, filter out those atmospheric corrections because the different signals travel at different wavelengths. So if you uh, combine them, you can get a much higher accuracy. So with the dual frequency uh, receivers that are currently found in many uh, new smartphones, you can actually get to... a accuracy of about 78 centimeters at, at one of the tests. Now, if we talk about timing, because I said uh, positioning, navigation, yeah. and timing, uh, this means the clocks in the, in the satellites have to be very, very accurate. One minute, uh, uh, one meter in position inaccuracy corresponds to 3.3 nanoseconds. Yeah. And Galileo... Um, since light is traveling at the speed of light and the signals travel with the speed of light, it means that Galileo has to be accurate to down to 2.6 nanoseconds to achieve this uh, accuracy of uh, 78 centimeters. Now, the other service as we talked before is the search and rescue service. Yeah. In, in, it's different from the open service uh, such that it sends out signals, distress signals, when you are in distress. Yeah. In the open service, you're in listening mode. In search and rescue, you're actively sending out distress signals. And now it's the other way around that the satellites actually pick up your signal and triangulate your position. 
Additionally, uh, with Galileo, since uh, you will be listening to Galileo signals, the distress signal will also have its position encoded. So there's two ways of determining the position of uh, of the person in distress. There's the triangulation yeah. without any additional position information from the person in distress. And now with Galileo, also you have the position encoded in that message sent back through the satellites. That's very impressive. So imagine 30 years ago you couldn't do this accurately. Yes, that, that's true. We are we are getting better and better. Of course, the, the idea of, of triangulation exists uh, for a long time. But enabling this with satellites and especially with a high accuracy, high accuracy through the uh, GPS um, and uh, GNSS data really uh, has made big progress. And also, I guess, when you mentioned earlier about you, you have a device you can hold at the track where you are 30 years ago, that, that device will be a lot bigger than it is now. That is correct. So this is, this is where we are... Uh, uh, facing, of course, continuous challenges uh, in miniaturization and also in uh, low battery consumption, yeah. low energy consumption. Uh, but uh, we have seen implementations uh, that are as small as a, a smartwatch. Yeah, and I can see in the future, you know, devices that are actually solar powered as well, so they won't rely as much on the battery. Yes, that is correct. So we are, even with the efficiency of solar, uh, solar panels, and the lower chip consumption for uh, tracking of satellite navigation signals, uh, there there will be a lot of applications that will be enabled. Because I remember about 10 years ago, I saw, I saw uh, Apple had, had a patent for a device, basically the glass screen in the phone, but it was a solar panel, so that you could charge your phone with that. And I can see in the future, other devices will have that built in. So you'll have a, an, an area where battery is just there as backup, but that's all. Yes, and I'm, I'm sure that um, with, with the advancement of technologies, we'll get much more into this field where the, um, the, the tracking and location of things, yeah. uh, of persons and of things will be um, something that, that will be uh, widespread everywhere and in, in our lives. We will not even think about it if you have any shipments going. They will be automatically having those uh, chips, those locators installed, enabling for seamless tracking uh, wherever wherever uh, they are. And this is also especially true if you look at the Internet of Things and of applications, how to combine GNSS with all these new technologies. So we see a lot of revolution in those fields. And I guess, for example, if somebody is that was shipping products from somewhere like Asia to, to Europe, you can track where it's going. And if there's a storm coming, you can actually track where the ship is during that storm as well. Yes, so here uh, you, you need to uh, see wherever there is a clear view of the sky when you have a uh, satellite navigation solution implemented. Yeah. But since you will get several waypoints, it is quite likely that you will be able to to quite accurately accuracy, uh, accurately track your uh, your goods. 
Um, and the the interesting part now is also when you fuse those sensors with with further sensors, with further technologies. When you look at Wi-Fi, when you look at uh, Bluetooth, when you look at NFC, yeah. and when you can actually make sure that no matter of what the conditions are uh, where you are currently want to locate yourself or your goods, that there is a seamless integration between the different technologies, yeah. uh, where GNSS will always play the 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 part that whenever you have open sky conditions, you will you will get a very accurate position fix, and then you can complement that with further technologies as you move uh, in certain areas. For example, also if you go indoors. Yeah, because I, I can imagine that thirty years ago, when you were using that to actually predict predict where something is, you might get within. 20 to 30 meter radius but now it's down to probably about one meter the most yes so the, uh, the we have we have come a long way and then that is maybe also one important feature i would like to mention about uh, galileo because uh, for galileo we're looking at a uh, autonomous uh, system uh, but is quite uh, unique it is uh, european yeah. and under civil control all the other systems are operated by the military. And this is uh, what you have just mentioned with the accuracy of 20, 30, 40 meters. Um, this, this was initially the, the accuracy you could get from the uh, American GPS system, where actually the position accuracy was degraded on purpose yeah. uh, for the civil users um, not to uh, get the same benefits as military users. Galileo is uh, a European system under civil control, yeah. and uh, it, it provides us, it gives us the independence and the sovereignty uh, to operate and with um, with very high accuracy. Currently, as I said, to about the one meter levels. Yeah. Um, this 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 really opens up a lot of uh, new applications that previously were not um, um, not possible. Now, also, if we look at the possibility that other systems, since they're not uh, operated uh, under uh, civilian control, that other systems might degrade theirs. Their, their position accuracy, yeah. we can have the assurance that with Galileo we'll always get provided this accurate uh, position and navigation accuracy that is important for so many uh, businesses currently. If we, if we look in the future, um, we'll also have the high accuracy service coming up that even goes uh, beyond uh, one meter, yeah. uh, which will en enable then another whole new range of of uh, applications, uh, for example, if you look at um, uh, self-driving cars um, or uh, drones. Yeah, because I was thinking of in the future when we're doing search and rescue, you might be using drones to, to do this, and that that can that can actually connect drone will connect with Galileo and other services, and actually search for where you are. Yes, so that that would be a, a very good example of of using two Galileo services at the same time. At the one hand, you have the search and rescue service. On the other hand, you have a drone using uh, other GNSS services provided by Galileo to locate. So yes, you because, can you can definitely combine those. Yeah, and earlier you mentioned the military. I think it's great that over the years, every new technology we're using started off with the military and has come into human life. And like internet was was ARPANET in America years ago. And we've got other things that are now standardized that we're now using. And as we use them more and more, the military use of it is not, is not seen anymore and it becomes more common.
Yeah, that's correct, and and especially as we see how this technology infiltrates our our daily lives, we see also that we more and more depend on those technologies. So if you would imagine you go out uh, these days, maybe we're mostly in the home office, but uh, if you want to call a Uber car. Uh, what do you do? The first thing in your phone is you have your position fixed, you have your yeah. position, and you put your point where you want the taxi to pick you up. Then when you're in the taxi, you're again checking where, where are you going? Is the taxi taking you the, the right direction where you want to go? So it it's, has been, uh, become a real integral part of our lives, and especially uh, one that I've grown to appreciate a lot, uh, especially when I was uh, in China during the past seven years, where uh, n- navigating around the city, uh, different languages, different characters, different street signs yeah. is not as easy as you're probably used to here in Europe. But if as soon as you have uh, a map and the navigation solution in your hands, you can always locate yourself and then also navigate to where you want to go. Yeah, and for me, I'm thinking right now at times we're ordering a lot more taking food because of of, of our, the pandemic. So it's good when you order food and. Uh, you get a map and it tells you where you, tracks where you where your deliver deliver uh, driver who delivering your food is or the guy on a bicycle. So when it comes in via whatever the service you're using, it does a map come up on your screen and it tells you where the person is, so you know when to go down and collect it because you know how, how far away he is. That kind of, that is that is pretty impressive. Yes, this this is uh, one one of the uh, applications uh, definitely of 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 location. When also when you look at public transportation, or when you go into, uh, if you if you look at buses or yeah. if you look at tramways, uh, they also implement now very precise um, information when you are at a tram stop, for yeah. example, when the next tram will be coming. So this is all used by um, by by GNSS chips that are on those on those trams. And it's also important uh, now if you look at uh, telecommunication networks or uh, indeed electricity networks where you really have to synchronize your your network, your system yeah. of, a, of a large parts of the country or even of the continent. And uh, here is where the timing is very important, where by getting this precise time from the navigation signal matters so that in any point of the grid, you can synchronize it and ensure that there's uh, no energy losses or that the energy losses are minimized. Yeah, because years ago, I can remember seeing in movies when they'd say, synchronize your watches. And right now, with the atomic clock, you don't have to do that because it automatically does that. And it would actually tell any system it's, 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 it's in contact with. It would more or less make sure that's the exact same time and fix it as well. Yes. That's, that's very impressive because... 30, 40 years ago, that was something you might have seen in, in a movie, in Hollywood, and not in real life. But now it's it's standardized, which, which is great to see. And another important uh, application is also, <clears throat> if you look at um, transactions, especially if you look at finance. So when you have financial transactions, usually what uh, what any of the services will do is will do cross check so it will yeah. not just be you put in your initial data uh, your account data your banking card and so forth but the system behind will check okay where are you located is it really uh, 
likely that this person is you. And if you have moved uh, to another place uh, with a new location, then the system will also put up a question mark and probably ask for additional authentication. And then, so this is the location part. But then you have also the timestamping part where you have to check when you... Uh, when you make the the transfer, for example, how long is the time it takes between the initiation of the transfer to the delivery? Has there been anything in between? Was there anything lost? And when you authenticate uh, the, these uh, processes, you can get a very robust uh, workflow uh, allowing for for very complicated financial transactions to to be highly secure. And also, because it's done in, in, in real time, there's no delays as well. Which is very important. Yes, the uh, one of the one of the services of Galileo upcoming uh, services authentication, and uh, we expect a, a lot of users to make use of of this service uh, because it's it's an initial. Um, it is a service that is currently not offered by any other GNSS system. Yeah. So with this with this service, you will be able. To authenticate the uh, the position and the time and the certain aspects of the signal uh, right away when you receive uh, when you receive your position when you receive the signals from space and uh, and and this authenticated position uh, is is important uh, has kind of legal aspects but also can ensure the security security of transaction, financial transactions, as I just mentioned. Because if, for example, you're buying shares at a certain price, you want to make sure that when you're buying that, the share price doesn't change. So if you say, I want to buy shares, and they were like 10 euros a share, certainly it's 12 euros a share, you want to make sure you bought it at the right time and at the right price. Yes. Um, and with these uh, authentication mechanisms that adds an additional layer of security to those transactions, to those applications. And you could imagine that you could, for example, encrypt that into, uh, into uh, crypto, uh, yeah. crypto chains where yeah. you actually include that position information, that authentication information into the, into the valid chain so later that it could not be altered. Yeah, and... Basically, when basically it does this, you can, you, can, you can say exactly where you're going to be. In, like if it says, I'm going to be in Vienna or Dublin, you can point to exactly where you're going to be in that city. So it knows it's you, not somebody else pretend to be you. That, that is right. So uh, the, this, we, are, we are very excited about these uh, new services and um, you will hear uh, a lot more about that in the, in the, in the coming years. Um, actually, if we look at the high accuracy and at the authentication service, we're looking to uh, declare those initial services in 2021. And uh, we also hope that there will be a, um, a lot of user uptake going and uh, many new applications that will be enabled through these two services. Yeah. We're currently actually la uh, launching a... Uh, my Galileo solution uh, that my colleague will um, talk about uh, later. It's yeah. a competition also in order to stimulate the the market for those for those services and for those applications. Yeah, and I'm thinking in the future if somebody is wearing a smartwatch, that smartwatch can authenticate who you are. So when one Galileo says, "Oh, they see, oh yeah," because of, of the smartwatch and it's, it's linked to you and you're wearing it in your wrist, it knows that it is you in that specific place as well. Uh, that that would be a, a perfect example for a, 
for a unique application. So yeah. if you have some spare time, feel free to participate yeah. in the competition. Yeah, I'm, but I'm sure the teams will come up with similar solutions. Because I'm yes. thinking basically, like sometimes years ago, I went into a, a building to use biometrics to determine mm. you. And now with this new solution you, you, that's going to happen, I'm thinking because it, it knows basically you're in that exact place to guarantee it is you. If you're wearing a... a, a a smartwatch that, that is on your wrist and that smart and you know the smart knows it's you. You can tell Galileo, yes, this is how this is wrong because the smartwatch is linked to, to them and we know it's them. And that's somebody yes, else. So the, this is definitely a, a good way of uh, making use of this technology. Um, we you can imagine also uh, in these times of COVID. There could be uh, certain information that could be useful uh, through satellite navigation. Uh, if you fuse it well with uh, other technologies such as Bluetooth technologies where you yeah. uh, see where other people are, but then uh, occasionally geo-reference it through GNSS signals. So that can also help you pinpoint uh, where the users have been and uh, enable the easier contact tracing. Yeah, because I, I can imagine, yeah, but it'd be good to know where someone's been over the past 24 hours. They've been there, they've been there, they've been there. And when you go to trace, who you know who else has been around that area. So it's easier to tell somebody, because this person has COVID, we know we are in the same area as them, get tested just mm. in case. Yes, and, and the interesting part of this is that it can be all anonymous. Yeah. Uh, because basically, if you're using your smartwatch or your smartphone, you can collect that data yeah. without uh, even uh, sending it out. So the, the system can work completely anonymously. Uh, of course, then when you have COVID and when you have to start the contact tracing, someone will have to look at the data and say, okay, now let's look uh, where, where have you been yeah. and then uh, pull the system. But it can work since it's passive. Um, satellite navigation technology is inherently passive. It is also a very safe way for citizens to use these technologies. Yeah, because I'm guessing if you were somebody waiting to get a, get a train or a bus and was somebody on that queue waiting or on the bus train had COVID, because it's anonymous, you, can, you, you won't know the person who's had it, but you won't say, oh yeah, you were on the bus, so you were on the train. Get tested because somebody on the train or bus you don't know has COVID, and it won't give you the person's name, which is great. It's not all. It's said anonymous. Correct, and then you can set the the precautions. You can get yourself tested and uh, or quarantine or take the appropriate measures. And because it's anonymous, people aren't going to be worried about their civil liberties or anything else. Their data been 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 abused or misused. Uh, I think this is something yeah, people will not worry about, but uh, those who work with these applications will always worry about um, to ensure that everything is uh, going according to the, to the, to requirements. Yeah. But, uh, but we are very confident also with the system as it is, uh, you can perfectly make an anonymous application. That's great. And uh, on, on that note, thanks so much for a great podcast, Alme. It was enlightening and great to hear what you're doing with Galileo and good luck in the future and uh, have a great day. Thank you, Ron. And I'm, I'm very happy to have been here and uh, good luck to you as well. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Thank you.